Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Tottenham, Tottenham, don't be a Clottenham. You want goals? Tottenham's got the Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Top 10 Tottenham. Hello, welcome to another episode of... I literally forgot the title. It's so fresh. It's so new. Is top 10 Tottenham and delighted to welcome my guest. You all know him from, oh God, his own podcast, his live presenting, his work on talk sport, maybe all the way back to fan zone in the <laughs> early days of Sky. Richard Cracknell is here. How are you, Richard? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Mike. Oh, fan zone. Was it fan yes. zone, wasn't it? That was when a lot of Spurs fans started going. So how did that fan zone thing all start? How did you get all that? Did you just, oh. just apply? I was well, I was quite an early adopter of the of the internet at home so from about 99 and uh I found uh, Jim Duggan's brilliant Top Spurs message board. Remember message boards, yes, kids, yeah, uh, before yeah. before social media before Absolutely. it really went mad mm. and um <laughs> <laughs> so I was on there and fan zone had started and uh, Daniel Wynn, of course, was doing uh, some of the commentaries and um, Sky reached out to Jim Duggan and said, uh, would you like to come and do this? We're reading your blog and we like your, your writing. And But Jim's just not of that that ilk. He likes right. to write. He's very considered, but he's not not. Not excited. It's not allowed, No, unless exactly what he's what he said to Sky. He said, "Well, not not my scene." He says, "But I do know someone very gobby yeah. that would probably absolutely love it." So they, yeah. he put him in touch with me, and uh, and that was that. And I think I ended up doing maybe seventy or eighty games in the end. Overall. That many? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, wow. but yeah, yeah. I did they I'd pay, done... or was it like you're you're not a celeb? Come and do it, and we'll get you a car. 
type yeah, of thing. They, they, they got you a car and they gave you expenses. Ugh, so they, they covered, yeah, covered, covered expenses, which was, which was, yeah, fair. Was that was great good. fun to do. Yeah, so it was, it was brilliant fun to do. And you was in the little, little shoe box, like the cupboard there, which was great. And you had sort of, uh, Alan McAnally in the next cupboard along doing the sky bet stuff. And, uh, and you was in there, but this was, back in the days when I was sort of circa 30 stone as well, before yeah. I lost a, yeah. a So it's difficult to get into the so small box. It was very, yeah. very difficult. And the poor chap that was always sat next to me as well, because I took my space and half of, half of his as well. And, uh, but you'd come out, I mean, it'd get up to over a hundred degrees oh. in there. And uh, it's like a sauna. It, it really was, but it was, it was great. Absolutely great. And wasn't uh, there one, was it, was it, was it the Arsenal four all you did? I'm trying no, to remember which was, one. That was Jamie Gascoigne. Jamie done that. I done one of my my picks for today, which was West Ham uh, free Tottenham four. Well, we're going to come to that. Yes, <laughs> I knew there was one when you went nuts, and I couldn't. I just couldn't remember which one it was. You know? but in the very early days uh, uh, there, Sky threw absolutely zero money at it. And mm. this was, you, you had a big back TV that you used to have to watch the game on and a little webcam that sat on top of it, which pick, picked up the feed of you in the studio for the, for the red button uh, on a tripod that never worked properly. So the camera would just gradually pan <laughs> downwards on, on its stand and the producer would be in your ear going, sink down in your seats, sink down in your seats to stay in shot. And they sent a, a technician in who would come in and from round the back of the camera, just slightly lift it up. And as he lifted it, you had to sit back up in your chair to stay in shot. Sometimes the TV broke down and yeah. uh, the, the producer would just go, Phil. And I mean, we're amateurs. Wow. We've never done anything yeah. like that, all of us. So, I mean, you know, it could be a penalty to Spurs and all of a sudden I'd be going, so what's your favourite 80s record yeah. then, mate, to the bloke next to me? Because we couldn't see what was going on on the screen and somebody would come in and bang the top of the telly like your old Nan's TV set and it would all spring back into life again. <laughs> it was crazy. Why but- did they get rid of it? Because it was great fun. It, it it really was. Yeah, they, they couldn't um, have got rid of it for budget reasons. No, no. <laughs> they got a new head of sporting, and he absolutely uh, hated it. He uh, hated the concept of it, and that was it. But by stupid. the time um, it finished, they'd actually built all their new stu- studios over at Gillette Corner. Yeah, and they put us into the fans' own new booth, which was right. like this forty-foot-wide room with air conditioning. And it yeah. just it completely lost all its ah, all its flavour. It was like going from an old stadium into like into a new purpose built one, and it lost all that charm and atmosphere. So uh, yeah, so it really did tail off. I mean, I, I think I think they should be bringing some of it back because I think most, especially most Spurs fans, will all agree that the the quality and the biasness of co commentators and stuff. There's very few games where I can have the volume up and listening mm. to many co-commentators very rarely I think BT Sport sometimes use Clive Allen we get Glenn Hoddle yeah but I'm trying to th- there's not many other Spurs co-commentators we mainly get you know the Arsenal ones and yeah and you yeah. know Man United and Liverpool, all that and I think yeah, it's, very, it's yeah. very sort of biased and I think now I mean you could say we both do podcasts 
just from the advert of podcasts, there's more fans that have maybe got experience of talking and all that. I don't know why they don't bring one back, but it still has that passion that you used to show. I yeah. think that's what fans, especially during lockdown when no one was there, to have yeah. show yeah. fans going nuts would have been brilliant. Yeah, it know? was it was really hugely popular to be honest. There was quite a lot of people tuned into it and in the States it, they used the fan zone commentary as the main commentary. Did they so really? the four o'clock Sunday wow. game went out on CBS Sport or NBC Sports on a Monday night and they'd have the fan zone commentary as the main commentary. So wow. come Tuesday morning, I'd start getting random messages from like Spurs fans in Kentucky saying, yeah. really enjoyed, really enjoyed. Your I was like, bias. where are they hearing this from? Bias yeah. commentary. <laughs> wow. It's just, yeah, it was crazy, yeah. That's some, some guy in the middle of Nebraska saying, hi, Crackers, really enjoyed the game Sunday. I was like, how are you seeing this? And and then wow. I found out they were using it as the main commentary. Well, should have got should have got Walters, <laughs> darling. Should have got Walters. <laughs> I know. Really. <laughs> well, let's start going through your games, and as we we'll go along, we'll we'll go on about probably after Fan Zone when you obviously did much more presenting and stuff. Your first your first uh, moment, uh, top ten Tottenham moment you selected here was one that's actually now beginning to crop up in in, in a few other. Fans won, and and that moment was 1984, White Hart Lane. Danny Thomas had just missed a penalty, and uh, Anderlecht, um, Ida Gudjonsson's father, mm. uh, stood up, and uh, let's remind ourselves what happened next. Danny Thomas to keep his spirits up. Well, let's see. Maybe Tony Parks will pull off another save. Gudjonsson... From Iceland is the man taking it. And he saved it! Spurs have won it! Tony Parks is the hero! Fantastic scenes here! And there you are. Why did you pick that that moment? Presumably you, you were there like myself. I was, yes, I was there as a young 15-year-old uh, lad. And uh, I, I mean, the whole run was just fantastic. That whole 83-84 UEFA Cup run was was brilliant. And I, I think it was actually harder to win that than the European Cup that year. We faced some incredible Absolutely. opponents throughout that run. Uh, Feyenoord and... Uh, Cologne, was Bayern. it Cologne, that one? Yeah, there was, there, was, there was just so many. We ended up playing all the teams that were like top of their league that actual season, they hadn't obviously won it the year before because they'd have been in the European Cup, but they were all absolutely flying in in the league that year. So we come up and get some incredibly tough opponents. And I mean, the whole thing, that the the first leg of, of that and Paul Miller's bullet header. I mean, uh, incredible, but Miller, well, you know, very rarely score for Tottenham. Exactly. And we should have been out of sight from that first leg. We absolutely dragged them all around the park in that first leg. But, um, you know, come back to the lane. And, the, I mean, the, the, the high road was just... An incredible. incredible atmosphere. It was, incredible. It was just. I remember you know, it was quite warm. Obviously, the time of the year. I have a vague mm. memory. I was I was seventeen at the time. I just just remember that atmosphere and getting there really early. And and you're right. I mean, I've been, been lucky to interview quite a lot of the players who played that day, and they all said the same thing that the the, the, the quality of the the, the the rounds the teams they had to play 
And but none of us. I mean, again, I mean, you talk about later on now, new fans, the term Spursy and all that. Mm. It was. I, I, for one, maybe because it was my youthful exuberance, I, for one, didn't imagine for one second we were going to lose that game. And when we went a goal down, I mean, you watch it back now on YouTube, there's a deathly silence. If there was any Anderlecht away fans, I don't quite recall them. I'm sure there was. There yeah. was this deathly silence as he chipped the ball over parts. And, and obviously the other thing, what a depleted side we had in that game. Yeah, the amount yeah. of players out. Yeah, yeah, we had so so many injuries, and you know Stevie Perriman was out, and Aussie uh, uh, could only really do about twenty minutes in in that game, and it was just uh, you know obviously Graham Roberts was was made captain, and I mean he was he was incredible that night. The way he brought us back into that that game, he just absolutely smashed through that defence and. And smashed the ball in to 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 keep us in it, and uh, yeah, we was we were just depleted on the night. Um, I mean, by with the, the, uh, Danny Thomas's miss um, and everybody singing one Danny Thomas. I mean, mm. back everybody just got the thing of getting behind the player who's just missed and and lift try and lift the spirits and go again and uh incredible i mean do you i mean it'd be interesting whether you get that now in modern football I was just if that was a europa league that. cup if that was a europa league cup final where it's just all bloody brands you know vip's there and you know 8% will be spurs fans cuz no one get tickets <laughs> you just wouldn't get that kind of a atmosphere and B reaction to a player missing a penalty. Which yeah, exactly. And a lot of the players have said that just the fans singing his name. You know, I've spoke to Tony Parks about this as well. I was incredibly fortunate to uh, be the host on a anniversary dinner uh, for all the players that was put together. And, and Tony Parks said, you know, when when we heard the fans singing Danny Thomas's name, said so I felt ten foot tall in that goal, he said, and I just knew I had to get something on that uh, that save, which he did. And, mm. you know, the, the moment he saved that penalty... Because well, he saved, just, he'd saved wow. one before, going yeah. the same way. Yeah. Then every other penalty from memory went into the other corner of the goal, didn't it? Yes, and that one yeah. didn't. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible, wasn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah, again, it and this was a don't forget, this was a goalkeeper that I don't have the stats in front of me. Didn't play that much for Tottenham. No, he didn't because obviously he had uh, well, Ray Clements was 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 first choice then. Yeah, so didn't yeah. really get uh, the run the green, but no. will forever be remembered for that for that for, game. For that, that save, yeah, it it was it was just it was in, it was incredible, and as I say, it was just it was the 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 cherry on top of the cake of just a fantastic run. Um, you know, as much as I loved 81 and 82 with the FA Cup final wins, that just that whole run. And uh, I mean, you know, we, we went away to, to some crazy places as, as well on that run, some really difficult places. And uh, yeah, just a really, really special night. And of course, European glory, you just, you can't beat it. The all white Spurs kit and under the lights. And there is something just really special about it. And of course it gave us European pot number three, which, uh, 
which which is one more than a certain neighbour of ours, isn't Absolutely. it? As well, you know, it's Absolutely. just a shame. A couple of years ago, we didn't add a, another yeah. one to it. But well, uh, European Cup trophy, yeah, exactly. Small small comforts. Yeah. Get get it where you can. No, without a <laughs> doubt, without a doubt. Well, you kind of already touched upon the second one. I, I, I mean, this goal is is indelibly marked in every, everyone's psyche if you're a Tottenham fan. And another great night in London. And uh, obviously, it, I'm talking about the Ricky Veer goal in the 1981 FA Cup replay. Uh, let's we could never tire of listening to uh, this commentary and this moment. Here it is now. Villa. and still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run! He scored. Amazing goal by Ricky Villa. The big man from Argentina went round one, two, three. Joe Corrigan came to block and Villa squeezed it in. As we see it again from behind the goal, just look how many players he twisted and turned past and then got his shot in. What were your memory of, 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 of the first game and then, then the replay? The first game, we, we were very, very lucky to... Uh, get a draw, weren't oh, we? Massively, very, very lucky. Yeah, we were we were really lucky not not to not to just get beat on the day, to be honest. And uh, again, going to when I do my hosting of the Legends Nights and that, and you speak to the players like you know Mickey Hazard and Graham Roberts and obviously Ozzy and and Ricky, um, they all said that that first game you're allowed onto the pitch at sort of two. 42 until 246 and you must wear this shirt and tie and you must do this and everything is all regimented and structured and the last thing that seems to be important on FA Cup final day back then was the actual game itself so uh, you know you go to a replay and all the pressures are off it's like well you know we're not syndicating this around the world go and just have a game of football so and that's exactly what what did happen you know it's just it, so it was a great match it was a what a what a game of football and again another game where obviously we were the much better team and typical Spurs style we're losing we're 2-1 down that penalty yeah. early on the second half and you're sitting there going surely we're not going to mess this up a second time <laughs> you know and I it's was always been in our DNA isn't it <laughs> oh god and I remember I was on the side of the pitch uh, quite high up um, on the right, but I was I was at the end where Via scored, but on the other yeah. side from where he got the. I mean, I, I still remember vividly like it was yesterday because yeah, everyone yeah. was like, "You you were waiting for him to lose the ball, going to lose it." And then it was like, "Shoot, shoot, shoot!" And obviously the famous Garth Crooks, you know, whatever. And I think Archibald sort of thought he was going to be uh, past the ball to him. He was standing there waiting for the ball. Yeah, and yeah. again it was. I remember Crooks it, just standing there, air yeah. kicking, wasn't he? He was just ghosting, ghost kicking, just not yeah, even not moving. Looking, but not looking for a rebound, just, just Steve, gave up. Stevie Perman yeah. always says Ricky Villa had to go around Garth Crooks twice <laughs> in that run as, as well to put it in. And he just stands there, air, like ghost <laughs> kicking a ball. What, what are you doing, man? <laughs> it was funny. I was so lucky in first lockdown of the pandemic, I did some shows, some longer form shows with ex-players, and I did a wonderful show. Anyone out there hasn't listened to this one, go and go and look it out on the Spurs Show feed. I did the 1981 Cup run with Steve Perriman, where we talked about every game in that in, in the run-up 
the third round onwards. You know, stuff I don't think he's kind of talked about before. And mm. I think now does his own pod and goes into detail about games. I think I'd like to hope that this kind of spurred him to go, I, I could, because his memory is incredible. Yes, I mean, it's, yeah. it's about an hour and a half show. And what I said to him about the Tommy Hutchinson own goal in the first game, the Hoddle free kick and the turning in, never before and never since have I seen a goal like that? It's never happened again. You've never seen a player run out of a wall, turn at the right time for it to go into the opposite corner of the net. And similarly, with the Ricky Veer goal, I've never seen... People sort of go, oh, that was a bit Veer-esque, the guy. But you never see the same goal ever again. No, no, no absolutely no, no chance. And I think also, like the, you know, the Tony Park save, it's everything that leads up to it as well the, the, the culmination uh you know with the Danny Thomas miss and the depleted team and da, 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 you know it builds and it builds it's sometimes it's not just about that moment or that 90 minutes it's about stuff that goes before it and with Ricky being substituted in the first game and trudging off it's almost Hollywood movie-esque isn't it you know he he trudges around the edge of the pitch and you think to yourself if that was a Hollywood movie that, and, and the actor was saying to the director, well, what's my motivation here? He'd probably go, do that. Do what Ricky's done there. That, you know, he really trudged off and he was just so dejected from it. But the other thing that a lot of younger fans don't realise and is that whole thing about it being 14 years since we'd won the FA Cup. So, you know, I was... 14, about 14 at the time. I'd never seen Spurs lift the cup in my lifetime. Six, I wasn't born yet. I was born September 6th. So for fans of a certain age, it was even more special that we'd never seen anything. I mean, the very fact now it's been 30 years is just sums up what a disgrace our club is in at the moment, that it's now, you know, almost two generations of fans haven't seen it. But it, it was... So, and, and the very fact we won that first trophy, to go on 82, win it again, uh, League Cup final, 84, we've already touched upon. It did... That old cliche that um, managers and players go, oh, you know, win that first trophy, win that first trophy. But it's so true, and this is it a case is, in point. Yeah, no, very very much so. It, it was... and we, We'd had the doldrums of the, of the relegation as well and then obviously Keith rebuilding because I mean you know he was managing when we was relegated but we was we were already off the end of the runway due to uh due to Terry Neal's tenure tenure there and and Keith couldn't quite you know arrest that and get it but back we came and built on Ozzy and Ricky coming in and uh yeah, it was just it was just such a magical, magical night. Um, and like you know, for for you and I, Mike, at that age, I was twelve, thirteen. You was fourteen, and that's the age we just start to appreciate football, you know, and, and kind of, of get it. But um, you think you're old and big enough now to sort of take it in and take the rough with the smooth. Yes, when you're yes. a bit younger, you kind of, you know, it's easier to forget about games because you've got other things you're doing. But at that age. Yeah. I think it sort of takes over, and, yeah. and obviously look at look at us too. 
Two, two middle-aged men still prattling on via Zoom. So probably to nobody. So nothing has changed. Nothing has changed 40 years on. I've got nothing else to talk about. I sit home with a wife. I won't say a word. You know, this is it. This is all we've got. Um, my internet went down yesterday and I was absolutely amazed to find my wife's lost her job in Woolworths. I couldn't, couldn't believe it. <laughs> Oh, that night as well, Mike, there's, I mean, there's other sub-heroes. There's another one I'm coming on to in, in this. And uh, Tony Galvin, he made the run down the wing after Graham Roberts' block. He blocked in defence. And, still, but, you know, Tony Galvin really, you still talk about the 81 side and you go, oh, yeah, Hoddle and Ardiles and Villa. Da, da. And, but Tony Galvin is sensational down that wing. Absolutely sensational. I mean, he'd be a 70, 80 million pound player now if he was playing. The engine on the man was just an an ability across. Yeah, this Um, was 10 minutes to go as well of a replay. It was 10 minutes to go after a very long season. I mean, it was no accident in that League Cup uh, final that followed after in the Liverpool one in 82. They kicked him out of the game within five minutes and, and he was finished. They knew to take him out, like, you know, and they appreciated just how good he was. And they, they neutralised him after five minutes and, and injured him. And that was us. That was us done. He was such an engine in that team. Very unassuming, very quiet. I love, I love the man. I work with him sometimes on the Legends Nights. Mm. And he's brilliant. He's yeah. absolutely brilliant. And so, it's funny, whenever I still watch that goal, I still think he's going to run the ball out. Yeah, because he's running, yeah. running, running, and obviously, you know, I remember famously he just used to get the ball and just go straight. Where's he going? The yeah. goal's over. He used to go straight <laughs> to the corner flag, and this is one of the first times he actually stopped and cut back. He cut back, you in. know, yeah. and that was yeah, the yeah, thing. Was These things that would normally friend. wouldn't happen yeah. all happened for yeah. that goal to yeah. happen. Well, but, let's do uh, let's do number three. You've already kind of alluded to it. You're doing fan zone. It was that extraordinary match at uh, the bowling ground. I think. Am I right in saying this game kind of sent them down as well? Didn't it? They, uh, yes, they were they were well on their way. They'd lost to they'd lost to Charlton the week before, about four nil, I believe it was. And Kerbishley was the manager. Uh, they were they were rock bottom at the time. Yes. So uh, uh, we went there and we beat them four three two nil mm. down. And let's remember. That extraordinary last goal. Again, I think this is the only goal he ever scored. The only time I think he's ever been in the opponent's penalty box. Paul Stouteri at West Ham. The last throw of the dice. And Zamora's lost out here. Referee looks at his watch as he races forward. It's Jermaine Defoe and he's got Lennon up with him and only Koncheski to beat at the moment. Defoe! Oh, no! Unbelievably, it has been pushed out to Stouteri. Extraordinary. That was nuts. <laughs> and again, you look at that old footage, um, the fans behind the goal. I mean, that is just unadulterated mayhem. I think the, mayhem. Kids, re- I think the kids refer to it as limbs. They call oh, it limbs, limbs oh, now. Right, yeah, okay. that, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, look at that, limbs. And it, it, it really was, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, there's a, a bit of backstory to this. So growing up as a kid around Leighton in East London, and then mum and dad decided to move us out to Collier Row in Romford. 
So I'd done most of my junior school and senior school years around around Collier Road, Romford, real West Ham heartland. Yeah, sure. yeah. So most kids around North London grow up hating Arsenal, not me, West Ham, because and they really had an Indian sign over us back in that sort of early 80s. They were quite they were often... They a good team as well then. Yeah, yeah. yeah the they, highest they finish since last season then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with McAvenny and Cotty. And, and, uh, so they're quite often uh, dickers in cup games and yes, league I games. Yes, the league cup one, yeah. Exactly. So I'd go to school and get absolute pelters for it. There was me and Were you Scott. the only, were you only a Spurs fan in your sort of Two year? of us. Oh, three oh, of us, two. sorry. There was me, right. John Hobson and Scott Dob- Dobinson. And right. that was it. And everybody else was West Ham. I don't even right. think there was an Arsenal fan right. uh, at yeah. school. It was just pure West Ham. And we got absolutely <laughs> dogs abuse all the time from them. So I just grew up with this pathological hatred of, of West Ham. Still to so this mo- day. Mo- the more than the Woolwich, would you say? Um, no, I think the Woolwich one's grown more since right. sort of coming away from, but uh, during my formative years, yeah, f- far more, far, far more, on a par at least. Yeah, I don't think you can ever say you hate anyone more than them, to be honest, but yeah. it was certainly, certainly on a par. So, um, yeah, so, you know, so this this game comes along, West Ham v Tottenham, and I get asked to do the, the fan zone commentary. And um, I did speak to the people at Sky and said, well, look, you know, I'll do most games, <laughs> yeah. but... You do realise. You do realise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I can be a little bit Donny Logan from Sexy Beast when it comes to West Ham. And like, I will try and curb, curb my language and make uh, sure that, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. So uh, uh, long I've gone. And they had a... West Ham fan that, that used to do the, the commentaries uh, for them. And he was really, really tricky to, to right. do a, a, a commentary with. Right. He was very, very sharp, very quick. And very ungiving, just, uh, probably. Yes, yeah. yeah, he was. So, of course, Tevez scores his first goal, doesn't he, for, for West Ham? Two down. We were two down. Yeah, we were two down. Two down. Tevez yeah. gets it at half time. He gets his first goal. So they're absolutely buzzing. Mm. And then, of course, there's the absolute ding dong of the game. And, Defoe, um, Defoe scored a penalty. Yep, uh, I remember that one. It was certainly the Berbatov brilliant free kick just over yep. the wall, yep, which made it three three. Yeah, that, that made it three three, didn't it? Yeah, that, 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 and they were yeah. pushing. They, they were yeah. going down. They were absolutely yeah. pushing for the winner. Yeah. That's yeah. how the goal came yeah, from our penalty Zamora box. Put them three two up. Zamora didn't we? scored. Then we got yep. back yet yeah, to yep. three Berbatov. Three. Yeah. Um, Adele Tarapt comes comes on, uh, who was just completely, but uh, was a genius, but barking mad. Never passed as well. No, never never passed. He won. He won the free kick, and then Berbatov stood over the mm. ball, and Berbatov just gave the goal the goalie the eyes, Great didn't they? Great free kick. Took the free kick, and um, it, it, it was just about squeezed in, made it free all, and they, they were on, on the attack, wasn't they? Yeah, and they had then to win. all of a sudden, they had to win it. The ball, the ball breaks, and I remember us steaming up the other end of the pitch, and I was screaming, it's the Alamo, it's the Alamo. I don't know why, I just screamed, it's the Alamo. <laughs> And off we went, and uh, it was green in goal, wasn't it? Green was yeah. in goal, 
and he palmed out into Defoe. Defoe had the ball from like the half and was just like, and no one would close it down. He sort of kept jockeying him, jockeying him. His controls really well. Found that yard, got the shot away. Not the best of shots, but it was spilled. just, just spill. Into and there he was. Oh man! Like, and I remember just limbs. Uh, just, the, I remember seeing the limbs behind the goal and just absolutely losing it in that in that booth. Absolutely, he was crestfallen. The West Ham fan. He just slumped in his chair. And there was me, like, circa 30 stone, just <laughs> diving about everywhere, like bust a blood vessel back in these A-days with bad manners, like, you know. If, I, if there was room, I'd have been cartwheeling. I swear to God, I'd have been cartwheeling. And the next thing, the emotion just took over. I burst into tears. Oh. I think all that childhood regressed yeah. and pent up anger and everything that had happened to me as a kid and all the sort of like nigh on bullying for being a Spurs fan just came out. It was just a blubbering mess. An absolute, I mean, it was just three points really at the end of the day, but it was just, just so sweet the way oh. we'd done it. And I would just always, always remember that it was just, it was just so lovely and all the staff, uh, uh, fans owned the production. They were all West Ham as well. Oh, so when the game that. finished yeah. and we came out of the booth, they were absolutely <laughs> crestfallen. I was just so, so happy. But I mean, I'll that's take my expenses you... and good day to you, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, that'll be 250 quid as well, please. Like, that. <laughs> sitting there right out of check after just getting dick for free at home and had to write me a check out for 200 uh... quid. <laughs> As well, it was just, oh, just so so lovely. But I mean, that's that's a great scoreline, and that's a great way to win a game as well. And to do it to, to them was just so. so and we did them years later. We did them years later. Eric Dyer on his debut. If you remember, yes. that was another sort of last minute goal, sort yeah, of um, yeah. from a uh, bit of a sort of tap in. Yeah. Uh, your and, next uh, goal, Bowles one as well. Yes, Bowles oh, right at the yes. very end. At a few the, times at the, at the bowling, yeah, which oh. was just, which was just super. That was tremendous. I love that. The next one of your top ten Tottenham, a, a, a moment again, fans of a certain age, and, and this one could argue this was the real moment that we sort of started dining at the European top table. Uh, Man City, you know, we largely have a good record against them. Uh, in recent years in crunch games, apart from the League Cup final recently. It was that wonderful Peter Crouch moment uh, where it meant that Tottenham qualified for the Champions League for the very first time. Let's listen to it now. And now Kabul got past Bellamy, deflected, and Crouch has scored for Spurs! And is that the goal that takes them into the Champions League? Wonderful. What I've forgotten about this game, Richard, was the amount of chances we had and that Martin Fulop was in goal. He saved one from Crouch, headed with his feet. He kept, it, We couldn't put the ball. We were all over him that night, all over him. He was just going, where's the goal coming from? Yeah, and it was yeah. such a bizarre goal. Was on, Eunice Cabal is on the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird little step over the cross. And Fulop first time cocked it up, sort of, sort of pushed the ball out. Onto Crouch's head. Yeah, bizarre yeah, goal. Yeah, it was it was absolutely bizarre. And you're right, we were just all over them. And were um, you up there that night? Did you I, go I, to the? I never actually went. No, no me went to I was a working friend's that night. house. There was yeah. eight or nine of us all all in a pal's house watching it. And I think it was just that 
dynamic of the, as more and more the game went on and more and more chances that we just didn't seem to uh, be able to put away, we all looking at each other going, this is so Tottenham, isn't it? This is so Tottenham. They're going up the other end on 85 minutes and they're going to, they're going to win. They're going to win this. And, but you know, Crouchy just puts that, puts that away. And it was just this disbelief because you think to yourself like, this doesn't happen to us. We are now in the champions, champions league. And we was all dreaming of hearing that music at the lane. And all of a sudden it's just that realization of we're in it. We we are in it. Yeah. We're in champions league. I know. I know. I know. I know it's the European cup and they've hung a lot of baubles off of it to make you actually feel like that, but it it works. There's an end. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 It really does. Does work. And you know, you think to yourself, this is it. I am going to go to the lane now and I'm going to see them line up in their all-white kit and hear, and that, hear music. that music. Yep. I am going to hear that music. No, we nearly music. did because we nearly fucked it up against young boys. absolutely 3-0 down to young boys of we, Zurich or wherever We've they only are. got to beat young boys and we're oh. going to hear that music. I mean, that's going to be an absolute push-up. Again, <laughs> again, if, for those of you who don't listen, we did a show... <laughs> Two years ago, when his book came out, we did a we did a great show with Clive Allen, a live show, and he obviously he was on he was the coaching staff with Harry Redknapp that year. Yeah, yeah. So he tells a great story. He was the one who had to go and scout young boys and came back and went. We got no worries against this team, boss. No worries at all. And he tells these stories about sitting there and Redknapp's looking at him. We go one down, two down, three down. You fucking said they were shit. And just climb out and go, I just don't believe it. It's such a great story. Such a great story. And then we just got back. Pavlichenko got one near the end. And then yeah, we kind of yeah, thought, oh, we've got a chance here. And, and, then but, it, and then it all just caved in and, and we'd done it. So it could be worse though, Mike. You could be beaten by a team in Europe whose manager was actually in prison <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean at least we actually did do it yeah. then and uh, and that was that but it was it was a great night but it was just a dynamic of being with a load of friends all Spurs yeah. just watching it on the TV because you can't always make every game you know and no. it was going to be difficult to get tickets so we all just decided to meet up, get some beers and pizza mm. and uh, sometimes they're the best nights I mean yeah. I had the surreal one I was doing that year, I got, uh, I was doing an advert, a long-running advert for Betfair. Me, my mate Michael Smiley, who was an actor, Man United fan. There was an Arsenal fan, a Stoke fan, and these adverts were directed by Theo Delaney, who right. I co-host the Spurs shows with. Yeah. So yeah. we had to meet up every two weeks. It was called the Betfair front room they're weird adverts I think Danny Baker was the voiceover we used to sit there used to mock up a living room and we used to have a bit of bants about what's going on and I can't remember what the strap line of the adverts were but we had to do these things it was quite well paid and as part of the gig they gave us some free money to bet with each each week and the yeah. winner won three grand and I won it on the last day of the season whatever but that thing so we're meant to be filming there's a big crew there but we're playing Man City and me and thank God Theo is directing a Spurs fan. So he goes, guys, I'm really sorry, but film me today. We, we've got to stop for this game. That's right. We used to watch a game and then 
record. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why it had anything to do with the... Maybe they wanted real reactions of fans discussing when there's a game on. Maybe that's what it was. So the game we had to stop and watch was this one. And obviously me and Theo so invested. But you're surrounded by people who don't really care. There wasn't a Man City <laughs> fan there. They're like general football fans. So to see us two jumping around the room, hugging each other, going crazy, you've got fans who are like in, in this competition every season. But it, it meant so much to us. It, uh, it did it, so it, much, it, you know? and, and again, man, like Man City fans. I mean, obviously they they beat us this year in the League Cup final, but up till then, must dread absolutely dread like having Tottenham having to play Tottenham. It must have been on their mind the other week as well yes. when we played them in the Cup finals. Yeah. Some of the older fans of like never showed up yeah. exactly, but it's like. Oh no! This is Tottenham. Like it must still sit in the back of a lot of Man City absolutely. fans, and you know a lot of the older ones absolutely hate us. Is uh, Noel Gallagher oh, hates I know, Tottenham I know. with a with a passion. I mean, yeah, I but we to... chant back at him. You're just a shit Chaz and Dave. When <laughs> him and his brother used to shout alone. <laughs> I went to Steve Perriman's uh, one of the book launch at the Punch right. Bowl in Mayfair a few uh-huh. years ago. So there was quite a lot of the 81 Cup final boys there. It was in the room uh, upstairs. And um, after sort of Steve had been and done a, a bit of a chat and everything, some people went downstairs and was outside and a friend of mine was having a cigarette on the street outside. And Noel Gallagher comes walking down to come for a quiet pint with his missus. And... Um, he sort of goes in and takes a look and he just sees like most of the 81 cup final side. He sort of, he came back out and uh, I think he was married to, married to Meg, someone who's missus at the time. Right, yeah, Meg he Matthews. Went, he went, uh, that's right, he went, not going in there. He said, full, full of youths he's gone in. <laughs> so he's sort of sauntering off the road. I said, that's the 81 cup final side I'm going. I mean, come in and have a beer. Well, oh, he's gone. <laughs> I'm <laughs> all like going for a quiet beer, and I'm like three quarters of the old nemesis teams. Ricky Villa trudging down the bar, like looking upset. Yeah, he was he was absolutely crestfallen, but his quiet pint was disturbed by the '81 Cup final team, and off he went to find another pub. That's lovely. Look, let's let's go to a, a quick break, and then we're going to look at your final top ten Tottenham's. Back in a minute. And we're back from the uh, break. Uh, the next one uh, from last season. Last season, it's uh, quite unusual. But, I mean, I think this would be, if I ever do the show, I think this would be in my top ten. Uh, it was uh, the extraordinary, well, goal, last season's goal of the season, goal of the century, the Ferrick Pushkas, yes. great goal moment, all these various awards. And, of course, it was Sons' incredible goal against Burnley last season. Neil takes towards Tarkovsky, but he's marshalled by Vertonghen. Son now. Ali to the left. Son on a mission to go alone. This is sensational! World class! Absolutely stunning from the Asian footballer of the year. Top marks for that. And Spurs roar into a 3-0 lead. It was just extraordinary, this one. Uh, it just kept yeah. going and going and Incredible. going. 
the composure then to stop, look up, put the ball in the net. Just yeah. beauty. Yeah, that, this yeah. is what football's all about, isn't it? The beauty it, it, of football. Exactly. And I'd, uh, I've, 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 I picked this because I went to the game with my uh, very best friend, Bill Smith, and uh, I just emigrated from London mm. over to where I live now in Lanzarote. And I mean, there is five million things that you need to do before you, you emigrate. And then there's five million things that you've forgotten when you do get where you are that you still need to do. So I never really got a chance to properly go out for a day and a few drinks. I, I did with some family and, and, and a little bit, but but nothing really concrete with with my my very good friend, mm. almost like you know a, a brother. So mm. um, I'd gone in the October, and I was back over in the December to come and do some legends nights. So I said, right now I've moved to the well, come over. Let's have a day. We'll let's go to the Burnley game. Mm. It was just like it was more of an excuse to actually just go for yeah. a drink, really. And there happened yeah. to be. Tottenham Bur- Burnley on, which doesn't normally wet the appetite no, no, that much. Absolutely it? not. You know, it's, it's got, got one. Cat- normally, it's got one all written all over it. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah, it's not category A. Although the club would still want sixty quid a ticket for it, but uh, you know, it's just uh, it was more of an excuse to to have a bit of a day. And we ended up uh, getting some tickets in the in the middle ring there, and getting a little bit of the finger food that comes with it in the bar. Yeah, nice. And, yeah. So it was a it was a really nice day. So. And then, of course, Sonny does what what he does. And, you know, I'm sort of having this day with a great friend. We've had a few drinks before and a few drinks. And and then, and then he does that. And it just ended up being like Lou Reed's perfect day that you win 5-0. Uh, that goal and spending some quality time with a friend after sort of being away for a couple of months and then coming back after emigrating. So the whole thing was just wonderful. And... And it it really was. I mean, you know, it would have been memorable anyway. But Son's goal added added on top. Just mm. watching him go and go and go and go, and then all of a sudden you think to yourself, "There's no way he's missing this. He cannot miss this." You know, if he misses this, this is the biggest head in the hands moment ever. Oh, what could have been if he buries it? You're you're literally seeing history. Like you know, yeah, absolutely, and, and, and he did. And you know, when when Sonny's flying, he's just such a delight to watch. He he really is. He's such mm. a great balance and poise of a Love footballer. It. And yeah, just to slot that away. So I mean, that whole day, and you know, just to spend it with with such a good friend and such a great goal. So mm. you know, sometimes things outside the actual game all contribute to what Mm. sticks in the mind, you know. Football isn't just about the 90 minutes and the kicking of the ball. It's who you go with and the time you spend and and the great laugh you have in a restaurant or a pub before Mm. having something to eat and meeting up with people. And, Mm. you know, it's just a a whole thing. Football, I don't know, sometimes it's just the glue that holds the structure of everything else you enjoy together. It's like the excuse Sometimes, absolutely, yeah, and that, that, that's a lovely story. I mean, again, this is one of the reasons I want to do this show because I wanted to say that it's not just. The, I mean, this was obviously one of the greatest goals we've ever seen, and but people can talk about games that might not be that well known. But if you went with a loved one, someone who's maybe died now, and you still have a memory of going with with you know a, a, 
you know, a father Absolutely. or mother or whatever. Yeah. This yeah. is what this this is these are the memories that you 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 remember forever. Exactly that. And the next one now, I, I think one of the, one of the greatest games for atmospheres I've seen at, at Spurs ever. Funny mm. enough, I went with my brother this game. My dad, for some reason, didn't go. Very rarely, my brother very rarely goes to Tottenham. He came with me this one. I always remember being there Take with my him brother. more often, Mike. Maybe, you're right. <laughs> and, and it was the... Well, I mean, you want to talk about Bale. There's two incredible games, home and away against Milan. But this is the home tie. This yeah. was that... I mean, he absolutely... Here's a bit of a compilation of him just going past everyone, culminating in the run, the pass, for pa- Pavachenko to put it in, to make, which again, you talk about limbs now, that was a moment that the, the place went nuts. Let's remind us of that incredible, incredible Gareth Bale performance. Here's Bale. Gareth Bale at 21. He to have such a very bright future, and he knows all about discomforting Mike on. Oh, it's Crouch who gives it a lash. It was set up for him by Bale, and this was magnificent. Mike Horn must be fed up of Gareth Bale already. Gareth Bale trying to take charge again. Switches on the afterburners. Bale and Crouch to make it two. Bale. And Mike Horn just couldn't get close to Gareth Bale, and it's in again. It's Crouch again, but it's not going to count. Kapoor doing the organising back there for Tottenham and Gareth Bale's away again, flying forward, looked over his shoulder Pandiachenko, there to plunder! There to make certain a victory! Gareth Bale comes to the fore once again Inter were threatening at the other end but then Bale really upping the pace well, that's what Bale is all about and Pandiachenko Sweeping it home with a plum. Tottenham three into one. There you are. Probably uh, well, there's one. There's a one coming up which I won't give away. One of the greatest uh, individual performances in a match, and I'm sure a few of you listening are probably guessing. Oh, I think I might know what that one is. But this, in in recent times, uh, was was up there, wasn't it? Oh, it was just just um, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I'd actually done the away game as well. So went over to Milan, got some tickets in the Milan end and uh, was uh, stood stood next to one of their fans and uh, another five minutes and we'd have actually done that in that game. And, uh, it, you know, there, was, there were a nice little crew. They knew I was Tottenham and uh, it was all having a bit of a laugh when we, <laughs> when we were so down and then started to come back into it. Because he was saying at halftime, oh, we pray for you in a little bit of English. We're praying for you and laughing. And then towards the end, one of them went to me, about two or three minutes left, he went, will you pray for me now? He <laughs> said, <like>, no, <laughs> no chance. So, so we had, and I think that just gave us a taste that mm. we, can, we can get something from this. You know. But the incredible thing that was, I remember going to the game at the lane and seeing how Milan set up after what Bale had done with them in the, in the, the first leg. Is it not, you know what I mean? It was the league system mm. uh, then. And just thinking, they still haven't really... I mean, they put Mikan on him, Mikan, and obviously Taxi for Mikan, Chance yeah, and all that. Yeah. This is one of the greatest fast defenders taken apart. I've never... I mean, I can't remember another game where someone has been absolutely taken apart so much. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing yeah. for the player. 
it ripped him to pieces. Absolutely yeah. ripped him to pieces. But mm. again, something around the game. My dad got a ticket from a friend of his uh, in, in a box. So my dad was like, I'll come. I managed to get uh, a ticket for myself. My son had a ticket, my oldest son, uh, uh, Bill Nicholson Cracknell, by the way, on his birth certificate. So Is it there's really? no, no, yeah, yeah, he's William wow. Nicholson Cracknell, my oldest That's son. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, beautiful. there's no, no chance he's not supporting anybody else. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> when he was, Thank God he was born then. It could have been Terry <laughs> Neal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he, he's, he, he went, he got a ticket with his godfather, my best friend, Bill, that I went to the, the Burnley yeah. game with. So I remember walking down the high road, me, son, dad, best friend. And it's like, oh, this is what it's all about. Mm. This is, this is football. You know, this is, this it's is proper glory, glory for. night as well, yeah, wasn't it? Exactly. And got into the, got into the ground. And I remember just before the teams came out, the, the noise was just, I have never heard anything like it. I mean, even from 84, it seemed to exceed that. And the hairs on the back of my neck were just on end. It was I always, I've, sometimes I watch the film Gladiator and that mm-hmm. scene when they're just about to go out into the auditorium yes. yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the little yeah. bit of pee runs down his leg where he's mm. so frightened with the you noise. You pissed yourself and, before the Milan game? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, the Milan players must be like those gladiators in the tunnel if they stood there hearing mm, this. this yeah. And, you know, if you're a Spurs That was a great player, thing about the old ground, but that was a great oh, thing about that old ground. Yeah. I mean, a new ground is well, lovely, but yeah. that was... You're right. You're absolutely right. 84 aside, when you think about night games atmosphere, and I know, I know older listeners will talk about Benfica, 62. I mm. get that. But for people of a generation, our generation... 84 side maybe this was the one this was oh, the one for atmosphere was, yeah that was i mean to, to be a spurs player and hear that in the tunnel mm. it's just like how could you not be yeah up for it g'd up by, by that and everybody just from the flavor that we got from that first game as well it's like we're in this. This is mm. only like, you know, a bit of an old sort of Harry Redknapp cliche. Mm. It's only half time, boys. Yeah. Like, you know, which it literally was. It was. Um, I mean, Bell, then, Bell, Bell carried on where he left off. It, that was exactly. The thing. He came out and he absolutely run the show. And uh, we were just sensational that night. On and off the pitch, the noise, mm. the atmosphere, everything. You just like, you know, if you could bottle it and sell it, you'd be a billionaire. Just yeah. that that crackling atmosphere and that tension and the, the energy. You could run power stations off the yeah. place that night. It was it's about, just, 10, it's about 10 years ago. Now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's absolutely crazy. No, it, it was, it was yeah. a wonderful moment. Now, the, great the other one, the other one now, again, this is one of my favourite goals of all time and uh, wasn't televised, but this is, thank God, Tottenham used to do these, Tottenham used to buy the VHSs for quite a lot of money of certain games, which I bought. I bought a copy of this one and then dubbed over it with my own commentary. But luckily I found one with some commentary on it. Uh, This was 1983, Revenge from December 78. Tottenham 5, Arsenal 0. Still one of the greatest goals at the lane. Mark Falco's volley against Arsenal. Let's have a listen. It's been the perfect start. And could get even better. 
breaking in numbers. Falco! Pick that one out. It's an absolute stunner from Mark Falco. I'm so glad you chose this one because Mark Falco, I think another unsung hero at Tottenham. Incredible goal. I think it's about 90 goals in in just under 200 games off the top of my head. Incredible. Always scored important goals, especially in Europe. Yep. Big goals in Europe as well. We're coming up to goals coming up maybe. But this was just, just a wonderful moment, wasn't uh, it? Do you know, Mike, I, I picked this uh, just as much because of Mark Falco, uh, who as a man and a player is as great as that goal. It was a great goal from a great man and a great player who, like Tony Galvin, woefully underappreciated, mm. I think, at the time. And like you say, I mean, got goals in that 83, 84 UEFA Cup run. Do you think that because he was homegrown? Do you think because he, he wasn't on RD Lezevere? Yeah. We went out and bought Crooks. We went out and bought Archibald. That's probably why. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he yeah, was he's... like, he reminded me again, again, another player we interviewed a while back, John Duncan, who in that era, but that was in it, that was a team that struggled. Mm. His goal ratio and in the round the box, incredible. Falco in around the box was always yeah. there, always in the right position, invariably put the ball in there. But this yeah, was yeah. what I love about this goal. This was so, well, I mean, it's, who, who would have put this ball? I mean, it was so, such an unusual goal for anyone to score in fairness. Yeah, yeah, the, the technique with it was was mm. incredible. I mean, he actually got a second volley in that game as well, in a 5 nil game. He, he scored two absolute belters that day. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it just, just fantastic. And that's why I, I thought it was really important to put Mark Falco in here. I've been, you know, blessed to do some Legends Nights with him. Um it was at QPR at Rangers as well, and a, a great, great footballer, and I mean a really, really nice chap as well. But that that goal, the technique for it, and of course being against them as well always helps, doesn't it? You know, is uh, and it was it was revenge. Well, I mean, I you know, I you know, one of my worst moments. I was eleven seventy eight that uh, around the Christmas time we lost five nil. I mean, this was kind of revenge for that. I remember yeah. George Wood was George Woods was in goal, who I don't think was a regular. Uh, I don't know how else the regular keeper was there. Maybe it was Lukic or was this yeah, before Lukic? Been, I yeah, can't John remember. Yeah, they were yeah. abject that day. Uh, yeah. Chris Hughes scored two. Team missing as well. Mike, yeah, that yeah. Day. Chris Hughes scored depleted. two. Alan yeah. Brazil, even Alan Brazil scored got his goal. first. I think he got his first. Oh, was it his that first? Day. Yeah, I think that wow. was. His, I think that was his first. And then obviously, like Falco's uh, two uh, two volleys was just. Just fa- fantastic. But um, Mark, very, very different chap to most footballers. He's very, very, he's massively clever, very, very educated, very funny, very dry, very, very unassuming, but a lovelier man you 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 couldn't wish wish to meet. It's um I'd done a legends night with him up in Cumbria a few years ago. And um so we decided to get the train up there, Mark and I, to go and stay overnight, done a Legends Night for the Cumbria Supporters Club. So we get the train up there. And it's a, it's a fair old slap up the road, even on the train. He's looking at sort of four or five hours. And um, so he says to me, um, fancy a bit of a general knowledge quiz. He said, I've got an app on the phone. We sat at one of these tables on the train. So I went, 
yeah, go on then. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, he's a footballer, so he's going to be sick. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and I'd, I'd just been kicked off the chase. Uh, they wouldn't allow me on. I'd qualified to get on the chase, right. but they wouldn't, they wouldn't let, let me on because uh, I knew the agent of a couple of the chasers. Oh, so I got, right. I got to the point where, where I was supposed to go on and uh, they said, do you know anybody associated with the show? I said, well, I know David Hahn, who's, and he's the, well, he's yeah, the yeah, agent. Yeah, 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 David, you know, he's, he's the agent. And, uh, and I think because of like, TV companies getting caught with their hand in mm-hmm. the till with things and that, they went, oh, no, 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 you can't come on. But I'd actually made it through from like 125,000 oh, wow. applicants. So... I fancy my chances mm. a bit. He wiped the floor really? with me. Mark Falco absolutely battered me in about six rounds of general knowledge quizzing. He left me standing. I didn't wow. get anywhere near him. And I think in the last game that we had before we pulled into, into Carlisle, uh, uh, into Cumbria, he's, the question he got to win the match was, who in the 1980s had a hit with Rock Me Amadeus? Falco. Can you believe uh, Falco. Wow. So wow. Mark Falco gets That's the question. Hilarious. Falco. And I reckon it wasn't it. an app. I reckon it was some rigged, <laughs> rigged word file on his phone. And he knew all of them. He, just he had said all it was the an answers. app. <laughs> even, even if that is the case, that still makes him a clever chap. Wow. <laughs> but honestly, a really, Amazing. really nice bloke and a really great goal. And I thought it was just important to put somebody like Mark Falco in a, in a top 10 because, you know, Absolutely. like we say, Wonderful it's not goal. always a hoddle. It's not always yeah. an ideal is a cane, a ginola. You know, yeah. they are the bread and butter of, of clubs, people like that. They really are. Absolutely. Well, you kind of just mentioned him there. We, we had the Bale performance against Milan. And one could argue this next uh, top 10 Tottenham moment was probably before uh, that Bale uh, performance up there. One could argue even better. It was the game against Feyenoord where Johan Cruyff was still playing for Feyenoord. We beat them 4-2. I think we were four up at halftime. And Glenn Hoddle, I think, had his greatest, and he had many, his greatest individual performance in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Let's listen to it now. Sporting. Feyenoord have pulled plenty back. This is Hoddle. That's a fine ball. And here's Hewton and a chance in the middle for Archibald, who's having this rich vein of form, Steve Archibald. And he was on hand there. A good goal worked by Tottenham and Hoddle's pass bisecting the defence. It put Hilton in behind them and Archibald got ahead of those two defenders, Nielsen and Trost. Looks rather as though the Dutch plan for Cruyff to mark Hoddle in midfield is misfiring somewhat. Hoddle appears to have the edge early on. He played the 1-2 there with Archibald and got it back. There are four waiting in the centre here for Tottenham and that's Galvin! And it's 2-0 after 19 minutes. Tony Galvin this time. But again, the instigator was Glenn Hoddle. He saw the situation here, played the return with Steve Archibald, got in behind them once again, and there was plenty for him to aim at in the centre. Goalkeeper may have hesitated slightly, but Galvin, frankly, was unmarked, and it's 2-0. Mabbott, Hoddle again. And again, he's forcing them to back off. And Falco's in there, turning Dutes. Good save by the goalkeeper. Falco again. Can Mabbott squeeze it back? He can to Archibald. 3-0. And two for Archibald. And Feyenoord 
pulled apart once again. Hoddle so anxious to take over, so keen to eclipse Cruyff tonight. That's a fine ball and Galvin's through again, and it's four. After 41 minutes, the Spurs fans see Hoddle lay on another goal. He's had a hand in all four, and that was a perfect through pass. The man-to-man -man marking system destroyed, and Tony Galvin going through to finish. That was another a great night. I mean, this was a very good final team. Rude Hullet, a young yes. Rude Hullet, played yeah. as well. Yep. But Hoddle may be spurred by the fact that he was up against, who must have been an absolute hero for him and many of us, just was, was unplayable that night, wasn't he? It, uh, it was he was absolutely on fire. I've just, I don't think I've ever seen a performance like it. And I even appreciated it at sort of 14, 15 years old, just how good he was. And, you know, Johan Cruyff was a, of an age then and Hullet was was quite young. But be under no illusion that this final team was was a great, great side. And there'd been this big build-up in the press beforehand as well. Sorry saying that it's Hoddle versus Cruyff and uh, let's see what this Hoddle's all about, you know, if he can if he can get the better of a, of Cruyff. And they really, really talk, talk to you up as Cruyff will, will silence, the master will, uh, will silence yeah. the apprentice. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think Glenn would never admit it, but he must have read that and gone, all right, then, come on then, I'll show you. And he mm. was just... He was everywhere that night. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. Scout. Long yeah. passes, short passes, yeah. finding yeah. space. Yeah. Oh, extraordinary. And he, just, and he had every one of those in his locker, mm. every yeah. one of those passes mm. in, in his locker. And he just yeah. pulled them all out that evening. It was so, like having a sort of range of golf irons that all do yes, yeah. kind of different yeah. things. And that's what Paul, his, his foot was like that night. Paul Miller always says, Glenn Oddle is the only man I know who's got a set of golf clubs in his foot. He said he can just do everything with the ball and he done no not one specific thing i know you know a lot of people's top tens can be a moment or a, a certain thing like the song goal or a park save it was just his performance so again i tried to put something in with a bit of balance where it wasn't just a moment it was a performance and he was absolutely sensational yeah for that again for those younger listeners that might have not seen I think I don't have the whole game. Certainly, the highlights are on 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 mm. YouTube. Go and look back at Hoddle's performance that night uh, against uh, Feyenoord. It was something else. And then your penultimate top ten moment, Tottenham moment. Well, another game that that will live with with many of us. Uh, the last game at the Lane. Uh, not only the pomp and ceremony that went with it, a wonderful performance. Pochettino's Tottenham. Uh, it meant we went unbeaten all season at the lane as well. And rather than choking on the final game or the, the occasion getting too big for the players, we went out there and beat Man United and beat them well. And let's uh, remind you of uh, certainly Harry Kane was to the fore that day and that win. Ericsson with the corner, taking short. Davis picks the delivery. It's a decent ball as well. Ericsson drifted in all the way through. Spurs have doubled their lead and Harry Kane peels away. Celebrate. 
waiting, another goal. The free kick came in. Kane got the touch. He lost his man. Stuck out that foot. De Gea had no chance. And Spurs are heading for a second place finish in the Premier League. What was your memories of that? I mean, I mean, presumably like me, you cried like a small, small child. Oh, I was, I, was, I was in bits, Mike, in absolute bits. I found my old 1981 uh, cap. Remember wow. the, the, the panels with the oh, blue yeah, and, the, yeah, white, and the, oh, yeah. the Ricky Villa cap, yeah, like, you know, the Pete, Baker's yeah, Boy Pete cap. Caps, so yeah. had that from 81. All the rim of it's just completely destroyed. <laughs> so, but, I, but I still still wore it. Uh, Accumulated like, sweat like, over the years. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Sweat <laughs> and throwing it on the deck. Kind and... of just bleeding onto your forehead. <laughs> blue forehead. Yeah. Le- left in pubs at railway stations and, and, and recollected. And, uh, yeah, so... so Stale beer, still, yeah. <laughs> it's everything on it. Yeah, you you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to send it off for sampling. That's for sure. There'll be all sorts on it, but it was just such a the, the whole day. The, the, just the little moments in there. I mean, just strange things like you know the game itself. The game itself actually passed the day by a little bit. We beat Man U three one and yeah. a decent Man U side. We played so, really well. I think we got an early goal. We got a late yeah, goal. It was a really yeah, good performance. Yeah, it was really, really great. But you know, and and it never overawed the players mm. either. Yes, it had been quite oh. easy for us to have lost that game. To oh, be honest, easily. because of yeah. everything else and the furore going on, and I think you know that's that's a good tribute to to Pochettino, but he kept the players' minds on that game to do a job where you can beat Man United 3-1. But it's, I mean, obviously, yes, the rainbow coming over at the end. It's just like, again, that's that's like Hollywood, absolute Hollywood moment. That's, mm. You put that in a Hollywood film and then at the end of it, you go, yeah, it was great, but you wouldn't get a rainbow yeah, like that. That was a little go, bit oh, far-fetched. Yeah, 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 that, yeah not, not really having that. But I mean, just things like uh, David Ginola coming out and Terry Naylor walking out. Like you just think to yourself, yeah, look at that. Terry Naylor and David Ginola walking round, almost sort of together, waving at everybody. And you think to yourself, how great is that? Uh, that's just football, isn't it? We've had Terry Naylor and David Ginola. You just couldn't get more chalk and cheese. And it was wonderful because obviously our, our dear friend Theo Delaney was the sort of creative director of the whole event. And obviously we all love Mr. Paul Coit came out when everyone sort of very good-naturedly ran out on the pitch, but we couldn't get things going until they cleared the pitch. That, and, that was uh, my next bit, actually. Uh, was, was Go, go Paul, ahead was then, go Paul ahead. Coit. I mean, of everything that happened that day, Paul Coit when he when he made the appeal to get everybody back to their seats. Now, you know what it's like trying to speak to maybe four or five Spurs fans that have had a couple of lemonades and maybe making a bit too much noise in a pub or something. And, you know, we're not the easiest bunch to get on with. Here he is clearing, what, 25, 30,000 off the pitch. Just like Elvis has left the building, like you know, he was just it was an incredible performance. He just found yeah. the right words and the right tone to yes. speak to that was that was absolutely fans. right, the, absolutely I mean, right. 
There was a PA, please get off. It was like that. And everyone's like, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. But he did it. And we all know he spurs through and through. Yeah. And come on, fair enough. We want to get on with stuff. (laughs) It really was the bloke that's come over and gone, lads, listen, you know, I'm having a, we've all had a drink, but I'm here with my missus and kids. Can you just like. (laughs) Sorry, mate. Sorry. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know, normally you end up with a punch in the face, but like, you know, certain people can just say in a certain way and they go, (laughs) yeah, sorry, mate, you are right. Yeah, we'll, we'll tone it down a bit. It was incredible. It was just like, I still think back to it now and think, how has he done that? Because, you know, obviously doing what I do with the Legends Nights and speaking to people, just even in a room full of a couple of hundred, sometimes I think to myself, oh, I'm up against it here trying to get this lot to calm yeah, down some a little bit. Crowd control. Some of it is yeah. just crowd control. Yeah, yeah. and he was, yeah. it was just awesome. But the whole day and the rainbow and uh, I remember coming out and I was, I was in absolute bits and sort of kissing the walls and like saying, saying goodbye. And my dad, bless him, I love him, but he can be the most, uh, most curmudgeon old sod at times. <laughs> he, he came out and he just looked at me and he went, well, thank Christ for that. I've seen nothing but bloody misery in that stadium <laughs> down the years, and I can't wait for the sodding new one to get built. So, oh, it yeah, must thanks, the Dad. only one that day. <laughs> the only fan that day. I was glad to see the back of the place. Yeah, That's hilarious. glad to see the back of it. That is hilarious. There's me, me in tears. I yeah. felt like you're holding his hand and walking back up the eye road at 48 years old, like a lost child. And he was like, good riddance to the place. I'm fed up with seeing us get beat there. He's <laughs> my dad, oh. everyone. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That is yeah, lovely. Great. That's a great story. And well, we're running out of time, and, and this is well, a one that, and, and I hope this is on everyone's top ten Tottenham because there was always a slight why I thought well, if I do this show and the same ones keep getting coming up, and I thought out of all the ones that will keep coming up, this is the one that no one will care, and it's a kind of moment that I can hear on a loop. Every day, throughout the day, Amsterdam. That's what I need to say. Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam. Let's listen to that moment that none of us will ever forget. Batista licked away. Ben Davis with a tackle. Here's Son. Sissoko. Here's Deli Alli. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Lucas Moura with the last kick of the game! The Ajax players collapse to the ground! Tottenham Hotspur are heading to the Champions League final with a goal that we just couldn't believe! (laughs) Jermaine Genus is speechless! Absolutely speechless! And so is everyone inside this stadium! I can't believe it, Flip. Referee's had a look at the watch. I don't know where he's getting the time from. Here's Sissoko. Get in the corner. Down he goes. The full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! In the most amazing Champions League semi-final that most of us have ever seen. Even Harry's ankle's looking all right all of a sudden. History made in Amsterdam by Mauricio Pochettino and his players. It's the greatest night in Europe for 35 years since the days of Hoddle and Ardiles, and maybe the best of all time. 
It's what Champions League dreams are made of. It's a night these players and supporters will never forget. Tottenham Hotspur have come to the Netherlands and reached the promised land. Where were you? Were you there? Did you manage to get a ticket? Did you go? I was in Amsterdam, Mike. I couldn't get a ticket. Ah. Me and, uh, again, my friend Bill, we'd done a few of the away games. We'd been to Germany and we, we drove out there. And we drove out to drove out to Amsterdam, and uh, at the time he had a very lovely big Mercedes S class, this beast on wheels. So we decided that we were going to get on the Euro Star, see if we could pick some tickets up while we was there. If not, it's Amsterdam. Yeah, <laughs> to find a bar, aren't we? Surely. So uh, so so off we've off we've gone and again I know I know it, it, it amounted to nothing I know it's we lost the final and everything doesn't matter it, doesn't matter no exactly. thought fans about it's, moments it's about moments it's moments exactly so off we've gone and we're sort of driving through Belgium and uh, my friend may have sort of driven off from a set of lights a bit too quickly. And the next thing there's some blue flashing lights oh, and a no. Belgian police officer comes out and, uh, how are you? And he, he spoke just like the, uh, the, the policeman, the Dutch police that, um, Paul, uh, Whitehouse does right, in yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Harry Enfield yeah. show. He had that real sort of casting central, Hey, this is bad for you. Like, you know, yeah. the sort of Martin Yole thing going on this, like, in Belgium. And he's going, he was saying, oh, well, you can take the fine here if you want. It's, you know, it's 100 euros. Or you can come back next week. And it's like, oh, come on. So we've both gone like 50 euros each. Had to pay a fine for speeding. And eventually we get into to Amsterdam and get into the city centre. Tickets, no, gold dust, absolute gold yeah. dust. Nothing's happening. So we go and find a bar to plot up in. And there was maybe six or seven other Spurs in there, but packed out with with Ajax fans. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the game starts and uh, <laughs> what happens, happens. And we were like, oh, well, we'll just sit here and we'll have a drink. And, you know, the, the Ajax fans, funnily enough, some of them were saying, this isn't over, you know, and we're going, mm. no, no, I, I, I know. Yeah. We're three down. Yeah, well, I over. know, I know Tottenham. Yeah. This, no, this, this time they're coming back. <laughs> no, no, we're not coming back from this. But the Ajax fans are going, well, no, this is Ajax. This isn't over. And we're going, no, we're Tottenham. This isn't over. No, we're, we're just trying to out, out, out over each other, yeah. like, you know, just we're like more of a Jonah than you are. And of course, what happens at the end was just, it was just madness, absolutely madness. And a couple of the IX fans were saying, see, I told you about 10, 15 minutes after we'd finished rolling around the floor, just absolutely smothered in beer and chips and everything else that was on the floor. Collapsed, Mike. Yeah. I just absolutely collapsed to the deck when, when it, when it creeped over the line. I just could not believe it. And uh, I don't think, it was maybe, I don't think it was for, for days, maybe two, three days, I actually could take it in that we was in the, in the like Champions League final. I just, I refused to believe it. I don't know why. It was like just some sort of weird denial. Just, this doesn't happen to well, us. Fair enough. I also had a flight, and me and my mate Paul Kramer, Airbnb, 
And then we were getting nearer and nearer, and I just thought, we're not going to get a ticket. I spoke to my tout mates. They go, normally you get, don't mind, I'll sort you out, I'll sort yeah, you out, I'll yeah. get you. Be a couple hundred euros, I'll sort you out. I'm just like, do you want to go all the way there? We were gold down. We, were, we weren't very good in that first leg either. No. We were lucky just to lose 1-0. And I just thought to go over there, I'd work anyway. I ended up watching at home with my dad. And just like you, when that goal went in, I involuntarily collapsed. I've made a sound so high pitched that I couldn't recreate it. It was, it wasn't human. It was, I think it was along the lines of, we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. We've done it. I kept repeating, we've done it. We've done it like that. My dad was in shock. He turned around and said, what have we done? What he, he couldn't compute that we'd scored. Yeah. And I had to go, we've scored. That's it. We're in, we're in the final. What do you mean we're in the final? How, he could not understand. Yeah, but yeah. we were three down. What do you mean we've now scored and we're? It was just this blur of whatever of everything. Yeah, you just couldn't quite catch your senses and your emotions to actually go. No. Oh, okay. I mean, even Jermaine because Genus. it's so on Spurs. It's so on Spurs. Exactly. If you're a Gooner or a Chelsea fan, you're used to the last minute goal. You're yes. used to getting some lucky goal and oh, we've won the cup. We're not. No, we, we no. don't. We don't have these moments. Exactly. So we don't have to react to them. It's quite nice in in some ways, in a perverse way. It's quite nice because imagine yeah. actually being used to that and yeah. just going, yes, we've done it." Yeah. A little bit, sort of, you know, fist pump and right onto the final. To yes. actually have that yeah. emotion where you almost lose all your bodily functions because of it. I mean, me and my pal Bill were rolling around this bar floor whilst Ajax fans stepped up over us to, to go out. And we were, we were just so emotional with it and screaming and going mad and everything. We just could not quite believe. What was it what like after? Because, I mean, on. you know, Ajax, Ajax and Tottenham fans, I think, generally get on well. Yes. There's obviously the whole Jewish connection. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're seen as the Yids of, of Ajax and yeah. had history going back to the Second World War. Yeah. Was it okay around Ajax? I mean, you know, they, they'd lost to a sucker punch. I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, what was it they like in and around Amsterdam? They were absolutely brilliant. They, they all just went, that's Ajax for you. Fair play. Good luck in the final. They were actually really magnanimous, and, and they were like, they were, they were just nice. They were like, "Wow, what a game! Uh, you know, what what a way to win it. Good luck." They they were really good. There was no animosity or malice. I think if, had it been fire and old, it might have been a little bit of a different matter. I don't. I'd have probably been laying on a pub floor, but for very different reasons. <laughs> I would think, but they were just, they, they were brilliant. They were like, oh, you know, what a way to do it. Well done. We're, we're gutted, but that's Ajax for you. And I think they, that, that sort of kindred spirit of like, we know that Tottenham can be like that as well. So, you know, well done. You'll know our pain because that's normally what happens to you. But tonight it's, it's happened to us. Yeah. So it was like Ajax out Spurs, Spurs that night, yeah. really. We, <laughs> we, 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 we're throwing it, throwing it away. And it was just, it was just such a great trip. I mean, no, we didn't actually get to go to the game. And, uh, but again, just spending time with a friend and the driving there and the silly laughs that you have in the car and in the bars and seeing people that you know in the square before the game and uh, 
kind of get some beers from the supermarket because you just couldn't get anywhere near any of the bars and just having a big bag full of cans. And You've always been classy, Richard. You've always oh, had a bit of class. Yeah, yeah. Warm yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah warm <laughs> beer. We did, we did buy cans of Pims, I, I, oh, I have to say. Nice. So, very you know, classy. Yeah, just, How you've changed. Yeah. <laughs> you've changed. Boy, I have acne in your Pims. <laughs> but it was just great. It was really, really, really good, good trip. And they just live in the mind forever, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I know. I know it counted for nothing in the end, but it will live with me. You'll never, you'll never forget it. You'll never, never forget ever it. forget that. No, it was just it's a lovely story. That's brilliant, Richard. I mean, this 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 top ten Tottenham has, has been a, an absolute joy. Uh, for now, for those of you listening on Patreon, we'll have a bit of an extra chat. But for now, Richard Cracknell, thank you so much for coming on Top Ten Tottenham. Lovely, thank you, Mike. I really, really enjoyed that. A brilliant trip down memory lane. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.